Hey, Toa. How's it going? Hey, Reen. How's being a teacher going? It's going good. Notice anything different about me? Mm, you seem taller. No, that's not it. Mm, oh, you've got a new pin on your jacket. Maybe concentrate on the facial area. Oh, you got a haircut. I wondered if your bangs got in your face and that annoyed you. Look at my eyes. Huh, I never realized they were lilac before. The glasses! I started wearing glasses! Oh, no, I didn't see them on you at all. Hey, gotta run, got a class to teach. Bye! Oh, was hoping she would say they'd make me look smart. Hey, Reen, nice glasses, man. Ash, report to my class after school. Bring a face mask. I've got tons of erasers that need cleaning. Oh, what, what the? Hey, what was that for? <clears throat> Last time I tried to give him a compliment. Hey, baby, hear the games are calling. Backlogs growing at a long race. Mercy. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Off he gamers. Kev will set you straight. <laughs> but Matt don't know what to do with those saga games or FFA. He's playing again. Neptunia games all over this place. What is a boy to do? Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, your weekly news show, Q&A Quest, your weekly feedback show, and we are your bi-weekly, though in this case tri-weekly, nostalgia show. I am your host, Kelly Ryan, and with me, my podcast partner in crime, the Kurt to my Yuna, Mr. Matt Mason. Oh man, I wanted to be Lloyd to your Yuna, but I guess probably not the right game for that. So I'll eh, take it. I'll take Kurt. It's fine. Eh, I, I wanted them to, to be the joke to be around the same age, but uh, you're right. That would have been better. Oh, well. Um, and, and also joining us, hopefully feeling better. We had to cancel the show last week because he was under the weather. Uh, Josh Carpenter. Doing slightly better this week. <laughs> I, I am so glad. Um, uh, you and me both. Told, yeah. Truth be told, I was a little under the weather, but not covid under the weather my throat was just scratchy <laughs> well it was thankfully it wasn't a really bad case of covid but it was uh, you know whatever four or five days of running a fever so not fun no ne never is i i always preferred that fun kind of sick where you can still be coherent enough to enjoy the day off uh-huh yeah this was not that <laughs> <laughs> I, I am never that. I am die for two days and then wake up in a puddle of sweat. Mm, uh. But it, it does remind me of sick days in school. And that is our segue into what game we're talking about today, which is Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3. Going back to school again. Yes. I realized the timing of this as I was writing the blurb that it's around back to school time in real life, which was a happy accident because we swapped the show with another one to give Matt time to finish it. Um, and and I, spoiler I don't know alert, you, I still didn't. <laughs> uh, you, you had other stuff to do. It's fine. Uh, it's you made a valiant sense. effort. Hey, yeah. I, I, I watched the fourth quarter on a DVR, so it's fine. <laughs> I know the score. <laughs> but I, I don't know if you guys ever hit that existential dread when you were in school and August was creeping up and it's like, oh, man, in another three weeks, I'm going to be back. Summer yeah, will be right. over. 
This is my 24th year teaching, so I've had about uh, 37 years of uh, existential dread. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I said that completely forgetting that you're a teacher, so you, you feel the pain better than any of us. I do, I do. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. We, we will take a brief musical interlude, and when we come back, we'll just dive right back into school. So stick around. To RPG Backtrack, where we're talking about Trails of Cold Steel 3, originally released on the PlayStation 4 on October 22nd, 2019 in the United States, and then for Nintendo Switch, June of 2020, and then Windows, March of uh, 2020, and then Luna on October of 2020, nearly a year later, and then Stadia. Uh, <laughs> August, April 1st, 2021. Um, both of those versions no longer exist, by the way. But I, I don't. I always have to mention the Stadia and Luna releases just because it's like, my God, that they put a lot of decent stuff on that thing and nobody cared. I, I sure hope they got paid up front for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think some people are still don't like that idea of spending $60 on a game that they don't own. Yeah, the model never worked for anybody. If they were going to do Netflix, it might could have worked, but not. No, nobody's going to go for the, I, I pay you 60 bucks and I still don't own this thing. Mm. Yep. Although technically you do that with a Steam game, but I think we all know that Steam has a little bit more staying power than anything that Google puts up. Just a tad. Just a tad. Well, Steam, you're also downloading it. It's on your PC. Yeah. Well, well there's always a tacit understanding with Steam. If Steam ever did go away, that it would be, you know, the DRM and it would be cracked in, you know, like 10 minutes. Mm. Uh-huh. If people uh-huh. actually were worried about losing their stuff. Not not so much with a pr- proprietary box on a streaming system. Well, it's mm. streaming. You don't have the bits. <laughs> well, I was going to say, yeah, you're, you're streaming it. That's the problem. So, um, Trails of Cold Steel 3, this takes place a year after the events of Trails of Cold Steel 2? About a year and a half. we decided it's a little, little over a year, yeah. It, it's everyone somewhere in that had, neighborhood. Everyone, all, everyone else had graduated early. Reen, it took him longer because he was off fighting in the war in North Ambria, and, and he's now come back, and there is a new branch campus of Thor's that Reen is going to be teaching at and a whole new class, class seven. So they had it, split and split after the civil war, they had split the Thor's up into basically like the nobles got to keep the main campus. And then they kind of shoved everyone they didn't like off to the branch campus. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the principal starts out by saying that the, the students are nothing but pieces of trash because they're considered the delinquent students. What, all 15 of them? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this beautiful campus for like 15 people. (laughs) Gigantic uh, equipment, panzer sonnets, all kinds of stuff. Millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yep. 
they they have they they treat the people they don't like differently in uh, Erebonia <laughs> than they do in you know here in our world. Uh-huh, uh-huh. No inner so, city school. So, in, in a way, this game plays a lot like the first game, only Reen is the teacher, and you've got a new batch of students that you're teaching. It plays a little bit. It plays almost... It, it's freaky, all of the different... Uh, all the ways it matches up. It is very much identical. You have the... <clears throat> You have your class where where they every single uh, you know every single chapter of the game they go out on a uh, oh man my brain is field excursion co- I believe field excursion thank you we go on a field excursion to different places both in the Empire and of course now in Crossbell as well since Crossbell has <laughs> been captured and made part of the Empire mm-hmm. and the each of the chapters kind of starts out with like the first half of it you are playing with reen and the the members of class seven and then as you go along you will meet members of old class seven as each chapter plays out and they will become part of your party as you play you know as you each as each chapter goes along mm-hmm. and, and at and some point in each chapter reen says hey new class seven you can't deal with this. We'll handle it. You stay behind. And they never do. <laughs> over and over again. Over and over. I'm like, oh, my God, it's. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what you're getting every chapter. It It is kind of neat seeing uh, or seeing the character from old class seven being foreshadowed and trying to figure out who it is. Mm-hmm. Yep, someone's going to meet you wherever you are. No, I, I feel like this was the first game that started to bring in elements from uh, the two PSP crossbow games. Um, like, I had no idea who Randy was when he showed up. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, well, these are taking after, these are the first games that are happening after the events of Crossbell. So Cold Steel yeah, right. 1 and 2 were basically happening at the same time as the Crossbell games were. So right. all of the characters who were, you know, they're busy over there doing stuff. All of the people in Ouroboros who were doing stuff over there, you know, Campanella and all of them who were busy off in Crossbell during that time. They can't be in Erebonia. So, you know, like now in 3 and 4, it opens up for all of them to start playing a role. Yep. So I, I forgot, you two played a uh, fan-translated version of Crossbell before this came out, didn't you? Uh, No, I didn't play it before this one. I think I okay. played I don't think I got around to playing it until after 4. I can't remember if I started playing that before 4 or not. I think it was still even after Cold Steel 4. And see, it was getting this one that prompted me to do the fan ones. I didn't play it until afterwards. Yeah, I actually, I got back on track with Kaseki with, uh, I, I, I played, let's see, did Sky 1, Cross, um, Cold Steel 1, but then I went back and I've gone in order since that. So, yeah, okay. I played this after Crossbell. So, yeah, Randy made a lot of sense and going into Crossbell for one of the field studies was made a lot of sense. It, it was like, it, okay. It hits more because it's very much done as fan service, much more so. It's like, look at this. Look at this character. Look at this place. And if you, you know, like if you're just playing Cold Steel 3 without having played Crossbell, you're just kind of like, yeah, it's it's a place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't they do a little, just a 
fraction of the city that you actually run around with and their games proper. Yes, yes, it's it's honed down. I can't remember they they cut out the uh, the back alleys. They cut out the low class area downtown. There were a number of different places they they chopped out in the yeah. in the the Cold Steel one. Because my God, for a tinier version of Crossbell. I had more crashes and freezes on that game, on that part of the game, on the Switch version, than I think any other area. Oh, poor Kelly. You got the Switch version. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, it was fixed. It was fixed by the time I got it. Or, you know, <laughs> I wonder what version it's up to now or something like that. If it's had, um, I got it right here. We'll see what uh, it says. But, um, no, I, I've had one crash, and I, I can honestly say it's probably because I went 15 hours without a and i had saved all the time i didn't really lose anything but i'd gone 15 hours without like properly shutting down my machine or anything and i imagine that was my issue too because i know it's only on version 1.01 so huh um because i don't know about you but i'll just leave uh games running on my switch pretty much until i finish them unless i want to pop into like a picross game or something um, I've been trying to get better at that, but no. Let's no, they they no. must have patched it after the fact. You were not the only one, Gelly. I remember hearing a lot of people complaining about bugs in the Switch version right when it came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, th- there's a reason why I jumped platforms on th- this particular game in the series, but I'll get into that later. Um, in the meantime, so, so your new uh, your new classmates slash students in class seven you've got una crawford who is a crossbell native you've got kurt vander and i cannot remember what his deal was he, he's part of the Vandervam family like you, you remember muller who uh oh, was right. always going around protecting oliver uh, mm-hmm. the vander family has always protected the imperial family and his deal is that they've uh <clears throat> The uh, Chancellor has decided that the Vanders shouldn't be in charge of protecting the Imperial family anymore. So he was always protecting um, the, the, the young prince, and now mm-hmm. he's been cast aside. He's no longer in charge of that, so he's kind of like having, you know, he's, what, like 14, but he's having a midlife crisis, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> oh, he was supposed like, to go. What is he going to do with his life? He was supposed to go with the prince to Thor's, right? You know, that was probably always his plan. Exactly. Wow. That that explains a lot about. I think Prince Cedric is is his name. Cedric, yeah, yes, yeah. Cedric, yeah. That that explains a lot about him, uh, story wise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe because you, you get. Hey, man, Cedric it. was tortured as a younger kid. Man, they strapped him into that freaking castle in Cold Steel too. Yeah, that's exactly. true. Yeah. Um, and you then got you've issues. got you've got Altina o- Orion. So if she's familiar, if that character is familiar to her, you, it's Milliam's um, sister, the mm-hmm. Black Rabbit. Yep, one of our antagonists from Cold Steel too. Yeah, and who has um, spent the last year working with Reen on all kinds of black ops during the war. Yeah. Yep. And she is the more subdued sister, kind of the shyer one of the two. Very um, much so. And she, her weapon is the Cleo, I'm going to butcher this, the Cleo Muscle Wallace, the kind of liquid metal thing that shows up <laughs> on occasion. The doll. Yeah. Yeah. As as they call the, the kind of mechanoids in this universe, the doll. That, big that Hero they, 6, right? The oh, yeah. Does, big Hero 6. Yeah, it does look like that. <laughs> Um, I just remember at one point that Nisa store was selling plushes of these two. Mm. Oh, oh I f- and I forgot to mention, this was the first one that Nisa localized, isn't it? Yes, this is the first one. Yeah. 
Um, Although it, the the actual people localizing, the people doing the translating and editing were a lot of the same people that had been working on it at Exceed. So, I, I mean, there was a, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, working freelance. Okay, gotcha. Um, but but that was kind of a big, big deal back then, the whole Nisa Exceed shakeup with Falcom. Well, this was after, you know, the, the notable errors that had taken place in uh, Ease 8 that had caused some some concern. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a uh, much smoother launch than that one had, My, minus the bugs in the... Uh, the switch version yeah um I, I imagine that they had a little bit more time to polish this one than they did ease eight anyway getting getting back to the list the characters in your class you've got ash carbide yes what was his deal well he joins he, what is it after like a chapter or two yeah he comes yeah, in it, and it, it, start it off. plays out like the first game like after the first couple yep. of, you know after each of the chapters you get new characters <laughs> he's one of those and then along with him as uh, Muse Egret, um, one of the rail police girls with a big old gun. She she was I believe so. She was uh, well. You you find out eventually later that she had went to um, Saint Asteria, the same school that uh, yeah, she Reen's was at the girls' school, mm-hmm. and she had transferred to Thor's. And she's uh, spent the first several chapters acting quite suspiciously. Like, and, you know, you don't know exactly what her deal is. Uh, yeah, I remember thinking, like, you know, is she working for the society? Is she working, you know, for intelligence? What what What's her deal? And eventually you find out that actually she's, um, um, she was the uh, Count, oh, crap. Cheyenne. Sh- Cheyenne, yes, 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 Cheyenne, yes. Cheyenne, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Count Cheyenne's uh, niece, I niece. believe. Yes. And she ends up uh, taking over his domain at the end of the game. That becomes later machinations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, chapter three takes place, and whoever was supposed to be the new Duke Cheyenne has but, some... Yeah, they, uh, the, the, other, the other nobles are deciding who's going to be the next Duke Cheyenne because there's, what, not a direct descendant for, of him, so... Mm-hmm. So he he proves to be quite the piece of shit, and uh, <laughs> she she is named Duchess Cheyenne, Cheyenne. and then she keeps it from everybody like at least right away like she's at that meeting at the end of chapter three, and then like everybody's at the train the next morning, and they're like, "Where'd you get off to last night?" She's like, "That eh, you know, I went and hung out with these two guys." That's all she mentions, <laughs> and technically she did because they were the ones at the meeting. Like, <laughs> is one of those trails reveals, man. I, it, yeah. That was what I was not expecting when it came up i i feel like it's starting i mean it's been doing going on the whole time but i feel like starting with this game they really started bringing out the obscure characters that that you're like wait who is this keep your phone on the wiki page at all times looking up kind of stuff uh-huh uh-huh um well there are lots of people popping up from all across the series in these the, games yeah for sure well yeah the, i mean what is it tita is uh Tita comes she back, shows up. yes. She comes back from the Sky Games. She's enrolled at the uh, school there, working with the uh, goofy professor to do battle mazes and other stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, I recognized her. Yep. Um, I would like hope I said, so. Yeah, um, like I said, Randy, not so much. Um, and I can't well, you remember. wouldn't have known. You hadn't played it yeah. yet. Yeah, you know, yeah. So there wasn't any way to know oh. Randy. What is it? Agate? Agate. Yeah, yeah. 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 Agate, Agate's there. He's, he drops in and out. Because there's a lot of Bracer stuff in this one. Mm-hmm. And um, a, a lot of uh, characters that you thought dead to, to show up again. Um, K- 
characters that uh, you think that you've known them the whole time, and it turns out, no, they've had a dark secret this entire time. Um, I'm thinking about, is it George in particular? Yes. Uh, what are they? What, Yorg, 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 I was going to say, when they cut the E off his name, what's They the cut the E off. You know he's bad now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So. Silent ego is really silent. Yeah, that so, was a pretty early reveal. It was in chapter one or chapter two. They show you uh, the Azure Siegfried, which is Crow again. So you know, Crow was dead at the end of the last game, and all of a sudden he's there's there, you know there's an identical doppelganger going around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This series doesn't does doesn't exactly do permanence with death though. So oh no, because yeah. um, I I can't remember. Did they have a funeral for? crow oh yeah they, they dig okay. his body up in this game you're right right <laughs> and it's like uh what is it angela or angelica angelica, yeah, yeah, yeah. angelica digs up the body she's like oh man i'm going to the dark one for this or something like that she digs up the body and she's like yeah no sign of decay what a great you know copy they made of him and stuck <laughs> in the body it even has like joints shows her like poking the face <laughs> uh. oh, a lot of weird stuff and and this one, I just every every single reveal or the like camera pull back and they show someone. I was expecting a soap opera organ to go off. Like dun dun dun. <laughs> I wonder if the like Spanish version of this has like different facial zooms, <laughs> longer pauses, like a good uh, like a good uh, what is it Spanish soap opera. Oh, I mean, there were so many. I mean, like, hell, this was also the one where, I mean, even at the beginning of that, the first chapter, like the Jaeger King comes back. Um, uh, Fees, you know, adoptive Fees. dad, who we, we yep. had assumed, who we had been told was, you know, had died in battle years ago and just shows what, up. <laughs> yep. Sarah, at one point, I can't remember if it's in this game or Cold Steel 2, tells Fee, like, I watched him die. Yeah. Like, I was there. He died. <laughs> Like, believe it with my own eyes. He's back and now he's piloting a, a you know, a Panzer Soldat. <laughs> Everybody's got their mech. Yeah. So, so talking about the battle system real quick, I believe it's the only thing that really knew that they added was kind of the the brave attacks where it was uh, uh, more or less the what now? Brave orders. Yeah. yeah. Orders. Yeah. yeah. Which to me was more or less like when you, uh, the entire party beat up beats up the monsters in um, Persona Five, whatever that move is called, the all-in attack. It, remind, yeah, it reminded yeah, me of that. It could it could there, build there, up so that. Oh, go ahead, Josh. Yeah, yeah. There's two different ways you can use it. You know, you build up that meter of mm-hmm. by doing like critical hits and mm-hmm. what as you build it up you have the choice at the beginning of every turn you can just do a order what they call the brave orders and it's always stuff that um you know like affects the overall uh setup of the combat so you know you would get a bonus on critical chance for four mm-hmm. turns you know it would increase it by 200% and maybe it would heal your party by 10% or something like that. So you'd have those options of spending like three or four brave points on that, or like Kelly's talking about, you can keep them, and then when you manage to get in a critical attack, you can spend those brave points on pulling off those kind of all-out attacks. And those attacks do way more of the uh, unbalancing of the enemy, so it's much more likely to be able to... uh, 
not only to do damage but to unbalance them so you, then you can pull off even more attack, more damage on, against them. Yeah, that was because, uh, yeah, you could stun enemies. They would, like, kind of glow red and little bolts of electricity yeah. around them. And then when you hit them, it was an automatic critical. Yeah. So, I mean, it was good to – that was one of the good ways to use your brave points to get, like, that critical thing up because, like, say, you spent three brave points. And every character has a couple different brave orders that mm -hmm. they can do. And you can only use the brave orders from the people that are in your party or on the sideline. So, you know, if you only have access to five people – at that point in the chapter, then you're only going to have their brave orders. And, you know, one might boost the arts, one might boost strength, defense, speed, like you said, boost the critical thing. Um, so it, it was a, if you got it going well enough, if you came into a lot of battles with uh, like that meter full, because you could earn up to five points. And yeah, you could spend them on orders or you could use one point to just do a second attack with whoever you're combat linked with. You could use three points and it would do like kind of like an area attack with those two people. Or you could spend all five points and then, yeah, you'd get your persona. All four people just jump in and pretty much attack everybody on the screen. So everybody's going to get whacked for four attacks. And I think the critical rate is through the roof on that because... I, the few times I could do that before I just crank the difficulty all the way down. <laughs> but uh, and I say few, I mean, I played for 40 hours, so it happened plenty enough. But like if you did that and everybody got stunned, every time you hit somebody who was stunned, you got another point back. So, I mean, you could get those five points back pretty quickly. Um, and, and that's how you're supposed to be playing, like, the combat is, like, doing yeah. that. And then also, and then on top of that, like, okay, pull out the Brave Order that then increases the damage by 300% when the enemies are broken. And, you know, yes. like, trying to get those chain combinations together to really take down enemies quicker. Because otherwise, like, the enemies, I mean, that was my experience, was that the enemies had an insane amount of hit points and the combat could just it wasn't necessarily that hard but it could just go on and on and on and on if you weren't really manipulating the uh the battle system effectively a hundred percent i i was and playing on easy so uh, my my strategy just getting through the game on easy is just using all the uh big aoe cp moves um that can take out as much stuff as possible uh you know, unless you're like fighting a slime or something where you actually have to whip out the magic and use strategy. Yeah. Oh, no, Kelly, that was my strategy, too, a lot was uh, equip the I think they're gladiator bands and they got yeah. a dozen different the gladiator band, the true gladiator band, the special gladiator band. Um, anything I would equip for especially like Reen and people that were in the party a lot, I would put them on so that my CP regen, mm -hmm. they do the CP regen and that. Yeah, same thing. I would very rarely use basic attacks um I, I didn't i didn't play a lot with the magic in this one um i don't know how well it did and i, I was disappointed at the beginning of this one because i just come off of crossbell the second crossbell game and you know the second crossbell game you're starting at like level 50 and going to level 90 or whatever so i just came off of like 60 70 hours of feeling really powerful and then you know you're back to level one in this game it's like uh <laughs> 
<laughs> even and, Reen and, is down there. Yeah. Yeah. Even Reen is like, yeah, way down. It's like, oh, gosh, I think he's maybe like three or four levels ahead. He may be like one level ahead of the rest of everybody by now. Um, but yeah, I, I finally, like I said, I made it about 30, 40 hours into it. And I was like, I'm spending way too much time on random battles. I, I see what they want me to do. This rotation of, yeah, you know, the critical and the knock them down and get the points and do this. But I mean, I'm walking into battles, knocking people out or not knock, knocking people out, but like they've got 20,000 hit points. And even if I'm doing a stunning them, I'm walking up and hitting them for like 1500 yeah. or 2000. And then maybe the other guy comes in and, you know, does a follow up attack with another two. But that's still like five attacks to knock out one monster. And if they're not AOE stuff, then, you know, there's there could be four to eight monsters easily on the screen. Now, granted, when there's that many, they're usually not, you know, as strong. But you throw two people of those in on opposite sides with six little scrubs in between. God, those battles start taking. And I, I love right at the bottom, there's a timer at the end of every battle that tells you how long. <laughs> and when random <laughs> encounters take four or five minutes, not a happy feeling. <laughs> it, it just doesn't feel it. <clears throat> And, and like you're talking about, like the crossbell or the sky games, like it, they didn't take that long. No. They, there, there were there. There's still some strategy and positioning going on. It's not a super fast battle system, but they're not as drawn out as the ones as we're getting to here in like Cold Steel Three. And, and four, it seemed like and, oh, four geez. was the worst of it. <laughs> four is definitely the worst. Oh. I mean, but some of that I think is. I wonder how much of it is the game uh, is suffering from this being. You know, what are we on the uh, fifth, seventh, eighth game? This is eight. And they, they, yeah, this one's eight. You know, they're 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 desperate to make everything bigger and more epic than it was before, and and you know they just got nowhere to keep going but further and further and further, and you know you're getting bosses with hundreds of thousands of hit points and it's just making it yeah 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 it's big and epic but good gosh you know like can, can we move it along here this this you know boss battle took <laughs> this one of you know six boss battles in this dungeon are each taking you know 20 30 minutes can we move it along guys come on <laughs> oh very no that that's 100 percent fair i felt that a little bit at the beginning of trails of cold steel 2 because i remember they there was a timer on that one and i think even in the prologue i did way back i was like man these are feeling kind of slow i think it sped up was there a speed up option on the vita version of cold steel 2 Ooh, um, i don't know think no. there was i don't, I don't think there was either we talked about that last time i remember because i played vita most everybody else played on playstation I, but i'll I tell you what i'm forth on on this game, I was addicted to my Switch's little plus button mm -hmm. because every battle animation could be skipped with that plus button. <laughs> I yes. would hit A, hit plus, hit B, hit plus, hit you know whatever, hit plus. I think at one point they give you the motorcycle to traverse the either a motorcycle or a horse. I can't remember which to travel. Oh, there's both. Okay, to you know run around in the mainland and get there faster. And I think it was actually faster to just do the speed up function than it was to worry about mounting up on the horse and going across you know some of those long stretches of road. <laughs> Yep. But yes, speed up was incredibly handy for when I was just like trying to finish up a finish up a chapter for the night. Uh, you can so finish we, up chapters at night. So, so, <laughs> well, I I say try. That's the key word there. Try. <laughs>
um, it, it just started to be the era of it's like, man, if I if I log in or not log in, if I boot up the game and there's a ton of dialogue and not a lot of gameplay, I'm passing right out. Um, not not because I'm bored or anything, but just because not having any action just kind of puts me right to sleep. Oh, hey, I was playing this game this morning and my kids came in and watched me for a little bit. Um, and then it, they even said, they're like, is this just a t-? like my youngest son? He categorizes everything very absolutely at age seven. He's like, is this just a talking game? I was like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then I was making breakfast and I literally had my switch sitting on the coffee machine next to the stove. And I like cooked breakfast and just had it on auto and was just going through lines. I think it took me 15, 20 minutes to cook breakfast and made it through a lot. <laughs> Yeah, that's usually what I do. I'll leave the uh, leave it going on auto, and then you know do laundry or something because the laundry room is in is in the very next room, and I can hear the dialogue from there. So it's a great game for multitasking. <laughs> oh, oh, but wait a minute. Let's talk about voice acting in this game. Yeah, Not it's super consistent. Yeah, because it's it. it it really gets on my nerves when you think or like half of the cutscene is voice acted. It seems. Oh, oh man. Yep. Well, better well, yet. Go ahead, Josh. No, no. Go ahead. I was gonna say better yet when a quarter of the cutscenes voice acted because it starts out with no voice acting mm-hmm. and then suddenly whoever Reen's talking to is voiced, but Reen isn't. Yeah, that's so you're like, oh my god, come on. And this is a Falcom thing with this series. Like, this is a Falcom decision. They decided rather than picking the important scenes and having them voiced, which is, you know, how RPGs normally do it. You know, like you're like, okay, here's our really important scenes. Here's our secondary scenes. Here's our tertiary and side quest stuff. We're not going to have that voice acted. It's just going to be text. Well, well, Falcom doesn't do that. Instead of doing that, they want as many characters as possible to be voiced. Even if that character only gets like two lines, they want to try and get all these different characters to be voiced so that every character has a voice, has a canon voice in the game. And so in, that means that you end up with all these scenes where maybe just the one character who happens to show up that one time in this scene, like, oh, they're, they're going to be the only one who's voiced because that's all they have budget for. Yep. <laughs> so that's how they decided to spend their voice acting budget. Oh, I don't know if that's so... a good decision or not, but that's how they decided <laughs> to do it. Well, I can tell you from my point of view, it is not a good decision. <laughs> it, it is not. I, it, it is It is bizarre, certainly. It is, you know, no other game does it like this, so it certainly sounds weird as you're playing the game. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't help that I read faster than the dialogue can go. So it's, oh, yeah. there, there's no consistency to it. Yeah, when you have to read one and then listen to the next, and it's like, ah, you either lean into that, whatever, or just... They, they have tweaked it. I, I don't know about the PC versions. I, I know when uh, Xseed did the PC versions of Cold Steel 1 and 2, they actually added more voice acting to those versions. I remember um, that. Because they yeah. were able to, you know. Um, I don't know that they've really been doing that, that NIS has been doing that with any of the other ones. Some of this is just like there are actually sometimes just limitations from the weird way that Falcom programs the game. I've heard that they even have to, like, match the time of the voice files between the localized and the Japanese version. Like, it still has to be the same amount of time. Oh, crap. That's <laughs> so Final th- Fantasy X shit. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So there, there, there are bizarre things with the way Falcom has programmed the games. I mean, that's the reason we got the, uh, the, uh, the talking uh, treasure chests in the Crossbell and Sky <laughs> games was just the weird way Falcom programmed it, where instead of just having sensibly having one file that says this chest is empty, they had individual files saying this chest is empty for every single chest in the game, and then the localizer could you know go in and create little messages for everybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the best one of the best parts of that game, by the way. Totally, and not in the original. Oh yeah. <laughs> So, so getting back to the combat, they uh, ramped up the the Panzer combat a lot more in this one, it felt like. Oh, there was a lot of different ones. You had three-on-ones and three-verse-two and four with one in reserve. And I, I mean, I don't think I said it before. I haven't finished this game yet. I was playing right up until around 5 p.m. today. Um, got a little bit into Chapter 4, but one of the battles at the end of Chapter 3 was a big one that I had three verse plus one in reserve. So if somebody got knocked out, I got another one to come in. I mean, it was, which I hadn't had. And there was no, usually you have a person who's your like spirit linked to you. Mm-hmm. So they can like cast spells or help you re- renew your e- re- reboost up your EP or heal you when their turn comes around. But it wasn't in that battle. So, I mean, yeah, they, they really played around with a lot of different versions of that. Even if, uh, gosh, I'm blanking on his name now. Poor Valmar does spend a good chunk of the game uh, just kind of chilling in the train car. <laughs> Either that or the warehouse there at the Thor's branch campus. At least it's an excuse to go see Tito. <laughs> She's always there. She, she's she all is. grown up now. Yep. How old is she supposed to be in these games? I'll look that up. 15 now? I think she was like 11 back in the rear, back with Sky. So I think it's been almost four years. So I think she's like 15 now. Wow. All right. Oh, I didn't, no. I didn't realize she was that young. In, oh, she was like a little kid, like little kid in the uh, Sky Games. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. They usually say her age on the wiki here. They do not have it. I mean, I guess I could translate from when. Oh, well, I can't do that math right now. <laughs> yeah. I can I'm, figure it out. So I'm, I'm looking it up right now how many chapters are in this game. It looks like there are four. 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 Was that the same amount as uh, Cold Steel 1? Oh, man, you're asking. <laughs> it's been a while uh, since I've yeah, played Cold Steel 1. That sounds about right. 81, 90. So she's like 16 in this game, Tita. But uh, it's right around there. You get the four field studies. Got it four times at the back at the branch campus, running around doing errands. There were uh, six chapters in the original. Yeah, te- they, technically eight if you count the prologue and the uh, finale. Final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this one, this one's got a prologue and a finale. So, yeah, I, I felt like this one was a little bit better paced, though. I, I think the way they broke up the characters in this game, where okay, you've got the new Class 7, which new Class 7 wasn't as gigantic as Class 7 or the original Class 7 was, and then they would kind of, like, toss in a couple of more old Class 7 characters kind of worked reasonably well, where you didn't have kind of the unwieldy parties that maybe kind of started showing up in Cold Steel 4. Yeah, having the smaller class size, I felt, helped a lot with the character development and overall pacing. 
Um, and and believe it or not, to me, the game didn't feel like just a retread of one, given that you got to go to a lot a lot of new areas, and you the characters were a little little bit younger, a little bit more inexperienced than it seemed like the first class seven was. Yeah. Why? Well, I, I mean, you say younger and more inexperienced. Eunice like did a year at the police academy, right? She transferred right. from the police academy, right? So I don't know. I felt they maybe coming off of two. It felt like that, but because they're a little bit older and doing more, it, it, it was the same thing again. And then you've got what the professor with his battle. What was that place called? He had like this white cube on the edge of the property that they could run battle simulations in. Um, it was identical to the old schoolhouse, you know. It, it was, yeah, basically, again. it was a, it was the old schoolhouse thing. Yep, you know, and because and he would even go to like, oh, well, we're gonna go down to level three today. Well, let's go down to level four, and you're starting the fourth chapter, going down to level four to do some stuff. Well, at least having a, a battle dome that he can change makes more sense than having a schoolhouse change layouts <laughs> like it's the House of Leaves or something. That is true. He basically had a he, he had a holodeck here. Um, <laughs> he was just making up stuff. And I, I love their little exclamations like, did that wall just move or did this happen or why, why are there anachronisms in this one? Like, those look like the anachronisms that popped up in Crossbell. How'd they get in here? Because yeah, I, he needed monsters to fight you. That's why. Yeah, I the the changing schoolhouse thing in the first game always bugged me <laughs> for some reason. I, I just I, take it all at face value. I'm like, yep, that's what's there. I, I know. I'm playing a game. RPG with, logic, man. I'm playing a, a steampunk magic game, and I'm bothered by the ever-changing schoolhouse. I, I know how I sound right now, but still. Oh, come on. Anime Estelle's fantasy. hooking up with her. <laughs> Estelle hooked up with her brother. You know, it's fine. It's all. <laughs> Not it is her what it real is. brother. Not her real brother. <laughs> adopted step. No, not even stepbrother. Just adopted brother. Yeah. You know, it's like Reen, man. Reen's just this guy and every single person from age 14 to 26 are throwing themselves at him. So good Lord. Throwing themselves <laughs> at him. The but, women. but thinks he looks stupid in new glasses. <laughs> I just had to point <laughs> that out. Look like he does look ludicrous. Did we ever get a reason for why on earth he, he was trying to, he was putting on glasses? I do not was remember. Was it to look the teacher role? Well, yeah, I, yeah, I, I can't remember if he if he ever said why he was That's doing true. that. Weren't they not even real glasses? They had the lenses out? They just had the lenses out, yeah. <laughs> all the more stupid. <laughs> yep. All, all the worse to see you with. All, all the nothing. It's not even better or worse. Of course, I think I'm, I that joke was way over my head because I had the care all the characters in the stupidest costumes I could come up with. Oh, and I did that too. We're gonna save that though. We're gonna save yeah. that for our other discussion. round I table, that, right? That question. I threw that question in. So yeah, yeah. same thing. I, I I had Reen in sunglasses the whole time, so the joke kept getting made, and I'm like, they must not be talking about what I put on them because that's just they didn't react to DLC stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, ne- never give me costume options, game developers, because the, the the dumber they are, the more likely I'll put them on. And it's hard to take characters seriously in cutscenes uh, when they're wearing a bath, oh, bath towel. Oh my god, it's wonderful. I have so many good cutscene stories. Oh, okay, save that. <laughs> put a pin in that. <laughs> yeah, we will. So we, we talked a lot of the story. We talked gameplay, and we... 
mentioned on or briefly mentioned well, the characters. Um, well, I we, would say, have have we really talked the story? I mean, I mean, you're going just, around, you're fixing problems, but there are big issues here in the world. You you've just come off of this war with North Ambria. Um, what is it? Uh, Erebonia's annexed basically North Ambria. Um, so you've got Jaeger groups that were up there at one point trying to take revenge on you. Because there's at one, I think in chapter three, there's four different Jaeger groups operating, and they're even like, "Holy shit! Like, what? What's this fourth one? This guy dressed in purple over here." And it turns out they're just, you know, the remnants of North Ambria, um, just trying to get their revenge down in Erebonia because Erebonia has annexed them just like they annexed Crossbell. Um, yeah. But at the same time, they kind of, even though they're out to do dastardly stuff, they kind of respect Reen because I guess one of the plot points is there was a city that was going to be destroyed in the war and Reen stepped in and like saved the city, saved the population of the city or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Cause yeah, w- one of the Thor's branch campus girls was from there and like talks to him about that and it comes up every so often. Um, what story bit that I just remembered that was kind of a big deal to me since I, I had been playing since uh, Sky was that you actually go to Hamill. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. That's right at the beginning, too. Yeah. Uh, Hamill is fa- famously the place where Joshua is from, a, a uh, town that pretty much got leveled in the war. Well, that that, the, that was the, the hundred the days. Setup. War. Yeah, that was the setup for the Erebonian invasion was that. Suppose you know they basically wiped out that little village that was on the border with uh, Labral, and mm-hmm. they used that as an excuse to then invade Labral. They they claimed mm-hmm. like, oh, the Labralians had come over and massacred this village, and you know Joshua and Luve were well. At the time, we thought the only two survivors yeah. of mm-hmm. of Hamel. But, but wait, there's more. Is it Ash Ash's survivor? Yes. Yes. Right. We find that out near the end. Right. Um, I, I had to bring that up because I remember when that when that popped up, I was like, oh, God, I I didn't think we'd ever get to come here. Yeah, I know. That, that was a, I, kind of a surprise. I say it was your they, first field study. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. you don't Joshua and Estelle, surprise, don't show up in this game. But um, when they go there, there's something about like there's a bunch of flowers and there's two flowers missing or something. That have been picked and two flowers laid on a grave. And yeah, something like that. I don't know if they come out and say it, but like the strong implication is Joshua and Estelle have been there and laid flowers down or picked two flowers and put them on the grave or something like that. See, see at the time, I got confused because screenshots for four were coming out just as I was playing this one. And I got the two games confused and was convinced that Estelle and Joshua were going to show up in this game and was very disappointed when they didn't. And then it was pointed out, well, now you're thinking four. Um, cause I, I'm sorry at some point, all of these games or crossbell. <laughs> yeah. Or crossbell because these games, unfortunately, they, they've been going on so long that a lot of them run together in my head. Uh, well, uh, by was, the people that they keep bringing back, they're running together in the game too. So don't yeah. feel bad. <laughs> uh, like I, I'm asking Matt pre-show like, wait, you, you would know since you hadn't played for this event that I'm going to talk about later happened in this game, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's yeah. just the, the unfortunate side effect of it, having a long running series. And I feel like this is one of the few RPGs that, 
has been this long running. You know, most most series like Final Fantasy have a different story every time. Oh, Dragon Quest too. Yeah, you get yeah. a whole different group of people. I mean, sometimes there's a thematic connection or, oh, hey, like, remember that town name where it's in this game too? Mm-hmm. You know, but, it doesn't but, tell you if it's before or after, but no, this one's got a, this one's got a timeline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You put uh, a market on the calendar. A timeline. And there's, a, there's an in-game calendar. <laughs> I mean, we're Wikipedia. closing in on 20 years of just of the Kiseki game, so it, it's getting it, it's getting pretty crazy. I had and no still, idea. I'm getting no closer to the end. Let's see what they got. Kuro number two out, right? In Japan, I, I, I swear we've been at like 60 percent for a long time now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess percentage wise, we're getting closer, but uh, you know, we've still got we're, we're still at least two games behind, and I'm three games behind that, so. <laughs> I, I mean, even at this point in the series, we've still only seen the western half of this continent. There's like Correct. an entire other continent, other half of the continent that's just in black. We haven't yep. seen it yet. We don't know what's over there. And that's great because they can make up whatever bullshit they want at that point. <laughs> Imagine what's going on in those countries. And, and make it fit in nicely with what's going on in this country since, you know, it's an ocean away. Now, we finally find out in this game what the Phantasmal Plan is, right? Isn't that the, like, or the Phantasmal is that? Blaze? Is that the Phantasmal yes. Blaze plan? Please don't ask me to explain what it is. <laughs> so, Kelly, can you please explain what the Phantasmal Blaze plan is? Oh, God, I didn't know there would be a test. <laughs> I have I have no clue. It's It's a plot to destroy the world, I guess. I don't know. That 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 was the gist of it I got was they're trying to to you know like open I I, I didn't totally understand the 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 details of what the phantasmal blaze plan was but it was you know like this had happened before in Erebonia this uh curse that had unleashed all the power of the septarians so this is the mm-hmm. the plan is to capture you know to unleash the power of these uh, you know, like ancient, you know, what would we call them? Almost biblical style beasts and be able to capture and harness their power is their rough plan. Yeah, you got the Septarian, the Fire Earth, the Great One. You know, it starts getting into the all the, like you said, the ancient powers and gods and just, I mean, it, this happens all the time because, I mean, Crossbell ends with that, you know. Mm-hmm. You're in the castle and there's big demons and all this shit going down and yeah heck in the last game prince cedric is you know being thrown into awaken the vermilion apocalypse and yeah well they they they've you know like laid a lot of this stuff as you've gone along in the game you know Mm -hmm. like go back to the first games you you talk to and if you go back to the sky games you you talk to and fly away on a dragon who will chat with you you know there's all these ancient beasts that that Uh are are still around in the world um (laughs) it's it's this universe where you know like ancient fantasy still kind of coexists with modernity yeah, what was the whole continent? Or I guess it wasn't a continent, but the whole city island that rose up in Sky 2. Mm-hmm. And you're fighting up there from a thousand years ago. Ouroboros has risen that out of the lake. And yeah, it, it, you know, talk about steampunk. It, it, it's definitely yeah, it, modern it's always- to them, industrial age, because you got the trains and the airships. 
but at the same time, it, it's coming down to, you know, there's there's magic that can't be explained because uh, um, early in the game, Emma, or early in the first Trails 1 game, Emma's a witch and they're like, holy shit, there's magic? Oh my god, I can't believe magic exists. Yet they've got their own version of magic with all the, you know, their little things that they have, the crystals and the whatnot. Well, and, and I mean, you know, like some of that is... <laughs> any sort of technology, you know, sufficiently advanced is going to look like magic. You yeah. know, if you, right. you take some, you take a cell phone now, if you took it back 400 years ago, people would, you know, think it is magic and dark arts. So there's a little bit of that going on here as well. It's just always drawing to me when it, when a game that's quote unquote more rooted in mod- modernness, like something like this brings out the fantasy elements and, this it, one starts bringing it out heavily. Yeah, and, and it's not as bad as, like, say, if uh, a SMT game all of a sudden had dragons, but still kind of weird, you know? At least in SMT, you could explain, explain it away by demons. Well, hell, they got demons here. That's what the freaking grass somehow brings out. <laughs> the crimson grass or whatever it is that grows. The fan, fan, phantasmal? Is that what it is? Phantasmal grass? Yeah. The Plamora grass. Plumora. Oh, that's it. Plamora, yeah, Plumora. yeah. Yeah. Wherever it grows, suddenly somebody's popping up. Yeah, I mean, they start bringing out lots of the, you know, the witches play a bigger role. You meet Rosalina. Um, what is it, the dwarves? Is it The dwarves come out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. An ancient clan from a thousand years ago. Yeah, that's what George is part of, right? Yep. So... Um, so, so I think we're sufficiently <laughs> into the show. Do, do we want to talk about that last chapter and how uh, messed up it was? There were just, yeah, at the end of chapter three, boy, they they start with the reveals and they just keep on going with like the shocking reveals <laughs> and, and events, you know, where and Angelica is digging up uh, Crow's body and, you know, finds the grave is, you know... <laughs> has been, you know, the body in it is faked and then George shows up and, you know, the the last one is this guy telling George to uh, get rid of her and, you know, it cuts to black and as he pulls out a gun, you're just like, holy cow, is George killed Angelica? You hear the gunshot too. Yeah. Yep. You're just like, holy You're right, it fades to black and you hear the pow. Yeah, that freaked me out because Angelica is one of my favorite characters and George is one of my favorite characters. So kind of seeing him... Thinking that they murdered her just was jarring. Oh man! Like, oh my I, God, I, no! Who's gonna do her lines? Like her risky, her risque lines. Yeah. Her thirsty lines. <laughs> Don't worry. There's always gonna be thirsty people in the trail series. <laughs> she got into it one time with Yuna and like really commented on liking the pink, and I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, where are you going with this? Like, <laughs> oh, Lord, like. She's dressed in the Thor's outfit with pink hair. Okay, but like you're really leaning into like I hear you like the pink a lot. I'm like, oh, just skirting that teen writing. Yep. Oh gosh. <laughs> Uh, and the end of that last dungeon where you, you're basically going into a castle, um, pretty much going uh, down into the world's abyss. Sounds like, and you have to fight like Cold Seal two and Crossbell two. Yeah, and you have to fight like all of the, <laughs> pretty much all of the, all the bad guys you fought all the bad up to guys, this yep. point. Yep, and Everybody they're all in, like, pairs and trios, right? 
Yep. They're all matched up. Yep. Yeah. A boss gauntlet, as it mm-hmm. were. Uh, the battle is still raging outside, and Oliver in his uh, ship gets blown up, and you're like, oh my God, did they actually kill Prince Oliver? <laughs> so you got who's up there? Oliver's up there. Isn't it the, the Bracer guy? up there. Toval and. Um, Laura's oh crap! Laura's dad, yeah, dad is the yep. Which the they captain. reveal at one point that he's like he's no longer as good as he was because uh, uh, who's that fire guy? The Blaze Ouroboros uh, Ca- guy, Cavendish McBurn. McBurn. Oh, yeah, McBurn. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say like what? really in your face with that name there. McBurn has injured him that he'll never be the same. It's it's damaged his lungs. <laughs> I was like, they, they went a little bit too much into that. I'm like, man, they're really going out to like, he's like, yeah, I'll never be the fighter I once was. Probably won't hurt my health long term, but, you know. So you're fighting your way down this castle all the way. One one big battle after another, you know, each each time, you know, leaving one or two characters behind, to, you know, like, you know, to, to open the way for rain. You get to the bottom and they're going to part of what they're they're they're. Uh, overall uh, ceremony requires is like sacrificing Altina in order mm-hmm. to create this uh, ultimate weapon. And right as that's about to happen, Milliam jumps in and and saves Altina, but dies in the process. And <laughs> she turned into that, a big glass sword. Yeah, turns into a giant sword. And and Reen like totally like goes off the deep end at this point. And <laughs> just goes absolutely insane and crow has to like come in and restrain him and that that's pretty much when it goes to black wasn't it mm-hmm. you're, you're you're you've done all this you fought all this you know like milliam's dead reen is going insane and it's just like cut to black there there go to credits and you're just like what the hell was i just playing yeah i've <laughs> never in my life have i had a game cut off like that that bad it, it, it was like it just doesn't it doesn't feel like it ends it's just like nope nope this is it black <laughs> you're like what on earth just happened <laughs> like he would think to for a second continue. there that you was back in the playstation area where it would be a disc change and not <laughs> a stop these insert cartridge too yeah because because i made a point of you know, waiting until Cold Steel Two was was out before I played Cold Steel One because I knew that the, it ended on a cliffhanger, and I wanted to be able to do do them back to back because I don't like be, having to wait several months for a cliffhanger. It's why I prefer to binge watch shows. So, so it's, I was like, damn, had I known, I probably would have waited. And then in hindsight, kind of glad that I didn't wait um, for reasons we'll get into. Probably when we do the floor backtrack. Because, mm-hmm. spoiler yeah, alert, yeah, I, I was a little trailsed out by four. <laughs> just a, t- just a word, tad. Alert. I, I, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Listen, I get trails out every single year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get through about a game and a half. I've been, I, I was telling someone the other day, and I think I mentioned this with our Trails 1 and Trails 2, um, or Cold Steel 1 and 2 podcasts. Like, I'll play about one and a half games a year. That's 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 my limit. And sometimes it's, I get one game in, and then I'm like, woohoo, let's do another one. And then I stop like I did right in the middle of this one. Um, but hey, maybe this year will be the year I do the other half of Cold Steel 3 and all of Cold Steel 4. <laughs> but I'm sure as hell not getting into uh, Boundless Trails or anything. 
<laughs> Maybe we need to start uh, the crossbow games next year uh, to give you a break from Cold Steel when we do our That's fine. I, I played those a few years ago, so I'm I'm good to talk about those. <laughs> It'll li- yeah, light a fire uh, <clears throat> under, under my butt to uh, boot up Azure because this ga- this year has been way too packed with games, and I have had no time for a Trails game, unfortunately. Yeah, but the 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 ending in this one is different than than the uh, than the ending in one. The ending in one, I mean, it was a cliffhanger, but at least it was all set up. You understood why there was a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Here, it just like cuts to black. You you don't even you, you totally understand what on earth was going on or what was going to happen. Um, it, it was a cliffhanger, but it was it happened kind of after everything was sort of wrapping up because you you did your last field study, you, you were having your little uh, festival. It felt like there was closure, and then it kind of did that, kind of pulled the rug out from under you. And I'm not gonna lie, I pr- kind of prefer cliffhangers like that, where you, they're kind of I don't know how you put it, epilogue cliffhangers in a way. Yeah. I, I, this is the middle of the school year, though. They were just done with their midterms. They like yeah. they got their grades before they went over there in the middle of summer. So this wasn't even like a full school year thing. This was, you know, it, I wouldn't say it was an arbitrary time to cut it, cut it off, but it wasn't like a Persona game where you know, oh, we reached the end of the school year in February, March, or whatever. Yeah. So that that being said, if you want to partake of uh, this little RPG, I. I, I w- would would you suggest starting with this one if you don't have access to a PS3? Who no, I would no. I, 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 would, you, I would at least play PS3. I, it, isn't Cold Steel one and two on PS4? Yeah, there are right. PS4 versions now. Yeah. Oh, there is. Oh, they're just not physical. Okay, my bad. No, they were physical. They were physical at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, they must have sold up pretty quick because I do I not think they had a big run. That was Xseed coming back and doing those PS4 versions. Oh, so they right. I didn't have huge runs. I didn't buy oh. them because they were full price, and I wasn't going to tri- triple dip. At you that can point. buy Cold Steel One on PS4 for thirty bucks, the physical copy of these days. It's not okay, rare it's not or that anything. Bad. Nope. Cold Steel Two, thirty dollars. Cold Steel Three, you know what you're. We're, we're playing on PlayStation is forty-seven, brand new. So. I, I think my brain skipped it because these games never came to Switch and people were clamoring for that. Now, that's that that did not happen. Cold Steel 1 and 2 no. are not on Switch. You're right. And, yeah. and that that's not likely to happen anytime soon. So, Mm-mm. period. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> PS4 yeah. and PC are your options there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that being or, said... Or you- break out your Vita. And, oh, and, I, and and to answer your question, I don't think I would want to start here. I, I think I would start no. with Crossbell, start with, you know, like hunt down the PS4 or a PC copy of it. The the PC version should run on darn near anything and play mm-hmm. it, play it there because this, this, it, this isn't it's not the worst. You, you could follow along with what's going on, but you're going to be missing, especially by the time you get to Cold Steel 4, you're going to be missing out on so much of the overarching things of go or what's going on that I, 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 it's not the best place to, to jump in and start. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, if you're going to, if you're going to skip, you know, the, the sky or the crossbell games, I mean, oh, well, but yeah, no, you you can't go into cold steel three, I think without 
doing one and two and not having a where you better yeah, watch that, those that YouTube catch up videos more than once. No, uh, f- <laughs> fair enough. I, I just with them being kind of um, p- paired off the way they are, I wasn't sure if uh, that was by design so that people could jump in a little bit later or what. But if you, if you guys uh, are insisting, is the, that is the design. I'm I'm mm-hmm. sure you could do it. I just wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I mean, my I, my God, some of these games are like getting getting into comics at this point, where starting at the first game is impossible. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like I I've dialed back my oh you should start here a bit because like I mean Kelly you you played like you the first Yakuza game you played was Yakuza Six and that's definitely yeah. not the Yakuza game you should play. Oh hell no. And you, you to start with and you still really enjoyed it, you know. Yeah. And, and I, I'm sure you could play Cold Steel three and four and enjoy it. Um and you know like uh, you you'll be able to understand the story as you're going along and it will be fine. I'm I'm just like I think I if you're going to you know if I'm going to recommend a place to start yeah start with Cold Steel one, but you know like if you're just jonesing to start with Cold Steel three okay go for it. I, I sort of you, told, maybe you go ahead, Kelly. No, I I sort of told people that it seemed like it was kind of like the MCU in a way that yeah some movies like the the main Avengers ones you need to see in order but you're not going to miss anything not watching Captain Marvel or Black Panther. Mm -hmm. You're going to miss some jokes, and that's about it. And and that's how Falcom has designed these. That is the idea is you can jump in at Trails in the Sky first chapter, or you can jump in with the Cold Steel, or you can jump in with the Trails to Zero. You know, like you can jump in at you you have these entry points. And Mm -hmm. three is kind of like a, a soft one. I don't know that that's the best one, but yeah, it's certainly... You know, like they, they do a careful job of explaining the characters and it's set up in a way that you could follow what's going along. It's not like Cold Steel 2 where it picks up right after oh, or yeah. Cold Steel 4 for that matter, where it's picking up right after yeah. the right after mm-hmm. the break like that. You're, you're totally going to be clueless as to what was going on. I, I Maybe mean, you want to believe uh, Pascal here back in uh, June of 2019. Um, he wrote I remember he went and got this at E3 did an impression. I don't think he'd ever played any Kaseki game before. Um, you know, for those intimidated by missing two massive games filled with story and characters, a handy in-game encyclopedia is accessible from the main menu. <laughs> and I, I believe, actually, when you started up, there's a, like, story so far kind of yeah thing on the main menu. Yeah. I, not that I watched that because I knew the story so far. So but I, still, I like, used there, that once or twice much. to kind of refresh my memory. Like, what what was going on at the end of the last one? What was, that, what was yeah, happening? Yeah. Oh, so do <laughs> it's been I. a few years. Especially when it's been a couple, like, a year or two in between games. And, it, like, uh, <laughs> like, the only thing I felt like I, I was missing playing this, not having played the two crossbow games, was just not knowing who certain characters were, even though the game seemed to be making a big deal out of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, that that being said, you can find a used PS4 copy for around 20 bucks if you look. Um, it, goes, it goes on sale on both all the stores all the time. Uh, like, like you said, it was what thirty dollars for Switch on the eShop. Thirty dollars for Switch, about every three months. Yep, um, you get a couple same, weeks every three months. Pretty same. Good. Same for the Steam store, around thirty. Whenever they do their big sales, um, I, I was still surprised to see that Steam was uh, charging sixty bucks. Oh, so is Nintendo. Yeah. Well, it, it it's 
the Cold Steel series we were talking about before we started casting, um, you know, like it's always or at least in the to the foreseeable future, the localization is going to be split where the first two games were owned by Xseed and the last two games are owned by NIS. And mm-hmm. I won't be surprised if that kind of somewhat affects the you know, you're not you may not see either one on as deep a sales because like certainly the first two games, Xseed, you know, they are going to pick up sales for the later games if you get into the series by getting the first game cheap. So, yeah, um, <laughs> which is funny because I I picked up the PlayStation versions of Cold Steel 1 and 2 for so cheap because the uh, GameStop was uh, putting their PS3 games on clearance. Mm. Of course, of course, I had to pay full price for the Vita versions at release time because uh, I, I wanted those I paid full price for the PS3 and the Vita versions. So I could play both. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. Do the transferring. Uh, and then you, you too had picked up the uh, collector's edition too, too, didn't you? The Thor's Academy edition. Yes, yes. I, I got my Mishi over on the wall there. I yep. did not know. I just bought the what is it? The Frontline or whatever Day One uh, edition it was called. Extracurricular that, edition. Uh, so th- that collector's edition was a hundred bucks at launch, and is it is shot up to around three hundred. And I'm actually surprised Ooh. that people haven't been. I looked, and people aren't selling the Mishi plush separate because really? sometimes people do that where they'll take these collectors collectors editions and split up everything, just to make more money off of it. Uh, particularly if it comes with a plush, but not so much this time around. I can't remember if NIS has sold the Mishi Plus separately. It's probably it, there's probably somewhere to buy one online, separate of the separate maybe, of the uh, collector's edition. Maybe in Japan, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would think. Um, because I, I remember recently they had the Mishi hoodie um, as a like contest prize and i'm like contest prize i'd pay for that nisa put it on the store but <laughs> it's it's probably a japan only thing because i don't i don't think i could crab my fat ass into a japanese triple x a triple x shirt <laughs> I, I i made the mistake of buying an extra large dragon quest shirt the last time i was in japan and learned that Jap- japanese large is not american large um so so yeah so I, I think we're ready for the roundtable, unless anybody has anything else they want to add. No. Okay, we are going to take a brief musical interlude and give you some beautiful music from the series. And then when we come back, we'll get into our personal feelings about Trails of Cold Steel 3. So stick around.
Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we're talking about Trails of Cold Steel 3, and now we're getting into the roundtable, which is our personal thoughts and feelings about the game, where we pick our favorite things and our memories. Um, The obvious question for any Crossbell game, well, secondly, the first thing I have on here is, what was your favorite moment from the game? I liked the night that Reen got kissed both by Claire and by Sarah. I was like, oh my god, a JRPG where people in their mid-20s, the girls in the mid-20s, are actually getting some action. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) In a game with 16-year-old girls, my main character is getting kissed by the 25-year-old women. I I would have enjoyed it more if not every single woman in that game wanted to jump (laughs) Reen's bones. I mean, then he goes outside and then you got Musée, like... Good Lord, very hot for teacher. Very hot. So hot for teacher. What about you, Josh? Oh, me, the end of that chapter three with Angelica Mm. digging up the body and George showing up and, you know, like shooting her. It was just like, holy cow, that that blew me away when that happened. That reveal was just like fantastic. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Like I said before, seeing George go bad guy it was just jarring um because he seems so sweet and good natured but i i guess that's the that's the thing of it it's always the sweet guys that turn out to be evil or something well, like favorite that. Th- favorite thing from from cold steel 3 might be one of my least favorite things from cold steel 4 but that's a different backtrack <laughs> yeah <laughs> um that that being said, my uh, my favorite was Yuna's uh, kind of a passion, impassioned speech about Crossbell and how proud she was to be from Crossbell, and how upset she was about Erbonia essentially taking them over. Um, that that one kind of got to me a little bit because she sounded so sad yet so determined to want to save save her hometown at that mm. point. No, that was a good moment, mm-hmm. and I hear you dressed her appropriately for it, so yeah, we'll I, get to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that being said, your your favorite character, but the caveat is that you have to pick one from the new class, too. In other words, a new character. All right, well. well yeah. <laughs> you got to go, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she gave me the caveat after, after I wrote oh. all my other ones, but um, I'll say Yuna. Yuna was... She's girl Lloyd. I love mm-hmm. Lloyd. I love Yuna. Go Crossbell. But well, you know. I only I put that in there because otherwise all four games I'd say guys every time. <laughs> and see, all four games I'd probably say teacher Sarah all four times. So yeah. Or I, as the non-romantic interest, because I like I, I complain about this a lot. I feel like since I've turned forty, is like, can I have a love interest that isn't sixteen in a game? Like, yeah. You know, maybe twenty. Twenty-five is fine. That's okay. I get it. I get it. I get who you're marketing this to. They all look like they're <laughs> like whatever. But, you know, it'd be great, you know, if, like, I can play Rune Factory 5 and marry, like, or date the older sister I when wonder, there's, like, two sisters. I wonder if that's why I'm enjoying Baldur's Gate 3 so much, because I'm actually, you know, woo- wooing adults and not t- teenage, b- barely legal kids. There you go. I mean, I, I love Fie in these games, too, but she's, like, my, like, favorite student kind of thing as a teacher. I'm like, that'd be my favorite student, like, that kind of kick-ass girl but also great just plop somewhere and takes a nap on the park bench outside. I, and I really love her in combat. I've set her up so many good times in games to be the evasion one and throw her smoke grenade first. And But no, if evasion we're talking new... Evasion tank goes really well, works really oh, well yes. in the combat system in this game. 
Very yeah. much so, but with your with your restrictions on here, Yuna, definitely. Well, I mean, yeah, I said you had to pick a new character and along with. I, did I say that? You know, I'm you not did sure. put it there with with the new class too. Okay. So there, there's my new class. I, I, Yuna's number seven, class and, seven. Go. And yeah, I I picked Yuna too, just because I did like her and and, and passion and basically be, being a Lloyd fan girl. kind of after the fact when uh, now that I have context and and the thing is, Yuna's a Lloyd fan girl. Yeah. <laughs> she's got his weapons. She went to the police academy. You are a fangirl of the boy that she's the fangirl of the boy. Yeah. Uh, and and the idea that she kind of came off as a girly girl, but she's still tough and knows when to get tough. And you don't mm-hmm. see characters like that in a lot of media. That's true. You tend to get tomboys or girly girls, not someone that straddles the line in a more realistic way, quite honestly. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and as a non-binary, I, I appreciate that. I don't like it when female characters are put in the, either those two boxes. So She's definitely uh, well-written, and the whole yes. Crossbell connection works well. Um, d- did you have one, Josh? Well I, well, I mean, I'm always of the of the original class seven. I'm always a Laura Stan, um, and and you know, like more broadly, I always love Duvali. She's one of my favorite characters. I love how put upon she is by you know, <laughs> st- she's always the one who gets stuck, you know, with the absolutely insane Ouroboros people and like has to contain them and like actually make them do what they're supposed to do. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of the new characters. I mean, I really liked Kurt. I liked his story. I liked, you know, the way he had, you know, like him trying to figure out like what he's going to do with his life. You know, it's it's like he had, he had it all planned out with what he was going to do. You know, he's going to spend his life protecting Prince Cedric. And now that's kind of been ripped away. And he has to kind of decide how he's going to live the rest of his life. It's kind of an interesting story. I, th- I think all the characters kind of got their own interesting arcs in this game. I think that helped, you know, focusing down on, you know, four or five characters in the class rather than having it be a little bit bigger, made for a better, more interesting arcs for the characters. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then this this was Matt's question, and I, I loved it, and I need to remember to include it in more games. Uh, do you play with outfits or accessories? <laughs> um as I say, don't don't give me costumes in game devs if you want me to take the story seriously, because I will put them in the bathing suit or the bath towel or, in Eunice's case, the cheerleader outfit. Mm. So, in a way, I kind of felt bad that this character is having a heartfelt moment and I have her dressed like a cheerleader, but... Damn it! I I had two cheerleaders and aviator shades. All See, around. I'm the boring person with no no costumes because I'm trying to pay attention to the story and take it seriously. <laughs> I don't know why. To me, it's just fu- it's funny. How very noble characters. of you! It's funny seeing characters in cutscenes dressed ridiculously, and the cutscenes that they won't, or they'll put them in the normal color. Some games do that. Oh, and this one does not because like no. my memories of these are amazing. So Reen, I can't remember what it's called, but like from the beginning, I put him in like this white jacket, white outfit. He's like all decked out in white and um, he's got his 
Thor's hat on and big black dark sunglasses. Um, I, I, in my head, like it's Fidel Castro, but really it looks like any like B movie, you know, Caribbean dictator from an eighties, seventies, eighties, nineties movie, <laughs> like some dude just walking around and, you know, the white coat and, you know, sunglasses. Cause you're on, you know, you're in the Caribbean and, you know, an army hat, like, ah, I've taken over this country. <laughs> and, you know, just put a cigar in his mouth and he just like it, in every scene, it gets me every time i look at that i'm like oh you look so good reen <laughs> no wonder the women are all over you you're conquering everything but uh and i think because i no wait it, that might have been something else never mind i could have sworn that one of the games because i had a save gave me a shoulder aussie or something to put Osborne. Oh. but maybe that oh was yeah more. no this one's got a bunch of shoulder ones you can okay. have shoulder me see there is a shoulder um yeah, Osborne. I, I never put any of the shoulder ones on, but I put bunny ears when I finally got to control the principal in the third chapter of the school. I put the just white bunny ears on her. And <laughs> ever since that time, like any scene, she just walks into acting all principally and she's there with like bunny ears. and You can see the tail sometimes like wagging in the background. Just oh, she came to do a race at the pool and just walked up and she's walking away from the camera and the tail's just wagging. And I'm just like, oh, I'm like, I, I barely paying attention to the directions for how to win the swim meet because it's fucking cracking me up at the <laughs> tail. <laughs> And then uh, I got a good payoff by putting all the girls in the class seven girls in bikinis for about half of the chapter three because um, you were along the coast. So I'm like, oh, I got a dress to be along the coast. So I put the girls in the bikinis. I had not unlocked the men's swimwear yet. I probably would have got them, too. But um, so there's a part in chapter three where you have to go over to an island. Milliam's missing. And uh, the last thing you find out is she was headed over to that island yesterday. Nobody's heard from her since. So you head over to the island and you're just walking around and around this island. There's all these things to unlock there. And I had the girls in the bikinis. And at one point, um, you find a beach and it starts a little cutscene. And Yuna goes running down to the shore and puts her feet in the water. She's like, oh, my God, I wish I would have brought my bathing suit. This would be perfect right now. <laughs> and a bathing like, there you go. In a bathing suit. I did it. There we go. And it wouldn't like I missed the chance because I was going fast for the dialogue. I missed the chance to take the screenshot. So I tried to like take the video capture to at least be able to go back into it. And because it was a cutscene, they don't allow the video capture oh, on no. the switch. And I'm like, son of a bitch. I missed that line. I almost wanted to start, but I'm like, oh, what is, it? is it 20 minutes? Is it 30 minutes? What am I going to have to play again to get that line? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's too I much. Hate it. it was too much. I hate it when I'm like, I should have gotten a screenshot. Yep. Um, <laughs> at least on the PS4, you can go do the most recent five minutes of video and get it there. If if the yeah. uh, video isn't blocked, by the way, that's the thing. I don't know if they blocked the video for the PS4 versions of these or not. If it's an Atlas yep. game, yeah. The second the uh, cutscene ended, because it wasn't very long. I mean, it was just like two lines. I think Kurt told her, like, or it's probably Ash that told her, like, well, you could just go swimming in your underwear. I promise we won't watch. Ha ha ha. Um, and then it like ended and I was in control again. I was like, oh, I hit it and it saved. And I pulled up and it was like a one second because it had blocked. It didn't go back and record the any part of the cutscene. I was like, damn it. Come on, Switch. 
Like, seriously, that cutscene had to be blocked? I mean, I know they probably block all of them, but boo. See, on, on PlayStation, it, it, I like it when they tell you that they've blocked it so that you can, I mean, granted, it'll take me out of the game every single time and it annoys me but i also appreciate that they're honest about it versus switch where apparently they block it but it's just a mystery well i mean until i held down the take the capture button and then it says sorry video recording is not allowed at this time um (sighs) and now we get to our final question of the night Uh, of course uh your memories what were you doing in your life when you played this game be be it recently or very far away memories (laughs) Start far away. Go ahead, Josh. Ooh, <clears throat> uh, this was when I was living in D.C. I don't have any specific memories associated with playing the game. I remember getting the uh, the special edition with the Mishi plush and getting out the Mishi plush and sitting it up there on the counter next to my own cat, Scotty, and having him like looking at it very, getting some good pictures of him looking at it indignantly and knocking it off the counter. Of course. Of course. D- does he seek it out and not get off your shelf? He hasn't yet, but maybe he just hasn't noticed yet. <laughs> you might be getting a phone call from my cat later tonight. He does like to knock stuff over. We don't need to be teaching Scotty any new tricks. <laughs> so I, I had an interesting history about this game because... I had pre-ordered the PS4 version and then realized that it was going to be coming out like a couple of weeks before I was going to Japan in 2019. Um, Was it? Uh, Yeah, October 22nd. I was like going to be in Japan at that point. And we had our mail halted. And I got to thinking, it's like, you know, I really don't want to have to deal with this $100 collector's edition when I'm not even going to play it right away. I'm going to wait. Um, and I was kind of sad because I was going to miss out on the Mishi plush. But I was trying to be responsible. And then when they announced the Thor's Academy edition for the Switch version, I was like, okay, second chance. And got the Switch version purely because I wanted to get the Mishi plush. And... As I said in the first part of our show, I regretted getting the Switch version just because of how buggy and uh, how much it crashed, particularly in Crossbell, to the point where I was just constantly doing hard saves all the time because I didn't want to lose any progress. Um, And this was my July 2020 JRPG July game because its release date, June 30th, it came out right right before JRPG July, and I had just finished something. It's like, yes, perfect timing. Um, And yeah, that that was the summer that I had a lot of time for gaming because we couldn't go anywhere. Um, Granted, I I work from home, but on the weekends, we we basically like to get out of the house. Um, Couldn't really do that during the pandemic. And that was, I think that was when it was starting to kind of ramp up again, because they'd opened up stuff too early. But yeah, um, Cold, Cold Steel 3 was my summer 2020 JRPG July game. I I, I unfortunately didn't participate in the write-ups because I, I just forget to do them. Um, but yeah, One that, of these years we're going to get you into this, Kelly. Yeah, I, I think the bad part was my first JRPG July was Wild Arms 5. 
And, and I could not get into it at all. So having to do a write-up every week was a nightmare. It was work uh, instead of fun. Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not doing this again because I feel like I'm contributing nothing to it. <laughs> but one, one of these days I'll, I'll come back. Maybe if there's, there's a good Final Fantasy that comes out at around that time. We'll see. But yeah, that's that's my memories. Now, now Matt, you, you have the benefit of having recent ones. <laughs> um, well, I started this game last year. We did um, was it at Backtrack two fifty three? We uh, did in March of twenty twenty two on Cold Steel two, and um, I remember Pascal laughed at me because I was like, "Oh man, I just." I rocketed through Cold Steel 2 in January and February. It was all ready for the podcast in March. And I'm like, man, I am just, I am feeling it. I'm going to go straight into Cold Steel 3. Um, like I've done with these games throughout the years. Like I said, I usually play one and a half games a year. And that's exactly what I did. I made it through the Crossbell um which was the second field study in this one. I made it all the way through Crossbell in, I think my last save was right at the beginning of April of 2022. And then I was like, okay, whew, I just got through Crossbell. That was 40 some hours. I'm going to hit pause on that. And then we had the scheduled originally for May and pivoted to Rune Factory. Cause I was like, man, I'm just, I, I haven't at the time. I can't get into it. I think I did like two or three review games in the spring and just trying to pick this up for a little bit in between that. I was like, no, it's not working. I really got to sit and do it. Didn't do it. The summer, again, just it, it was not a good summer for playing a long game. I did a lot of little things. Mm-hmm. And then what happens at the begin at the uh, beginning of August, I get a review game, too. And I rocketed through that pretty quick. And I was like, oh, man, I got like a week and a half when Josh was unfortunately not feeling good last week. I was like, oh, man, I'll put in, a, you know, I'll, I'll do as much as I can. And I've put like 22 more hours in just this past week, which for me to play a game for three hours a night is th- that's rough. Like. My kids don't go to bed till nine o'clock and I would love to go to bed before midnight. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, but I managed to get 22 hours in just the past couple of days and literally 22 hours was just chapter three. (laughs) And, uh, I, I think I got two ends of uh, stuff at Thor's Military Academy. I had, I had to do stuff that led up to Chapter 3 and then the Chapter 3 and then back at Thor's. So, you know, it, it was two or three hours of Thor's stuff on either end and this. And, yeah, around 5 o'clock tonight, I was like, I am not finishing this. So I'm just going to watch a video and uh, see what happens in Chapter 4. I will actually get back to it. I'm sure tomorrow night I'll sit down and keep going with chapter four because I, I I'm back into it. Like right now I'm, I'm in cold steel and we'll see if I, you know, I keep playing at this pace for a couple more weeks. I'll just go into four and you know, this could be my one and a half games this year, finish up this, finish <laughs> up four. And then, you know, maybe next I, summer I'll be ready for a reverie. And, and I, I felt so bad because we ended up swapping a backtrack so that you'd have more time. It was uh <laughs> factory four. We swapped it yeah. on the schedule. And I, I felt so bad that you you still couldn't get to it (laughs) no that's okay that was on me like i said i just i wasn't feeling this long of a game everything i played this summer except for harvestella harvestella just came out of nowhere and Mm -hmm. sucked up 70 hours but other than that i've been playing lots of little games 10 15 hours south park and card apocalypse and uh, like that's that's only that's that's all that's been occupying my brain for four or five months and then boom 
right back into it. Trails sucked me back in. Although I will say, right before I took that break, I was we talked about it earlier with the combat. I was just like, this is this is killing me. I gotta lower the difficulty level and. I think I was burnt out then, but having that lower difficulty right now has been okay. I can just breeze through this story. Maybe I'll play on normal again for four because I've done almost all the other games on normal and I just never felt the drag of it like this one. See, I, I've played all the games in the series on the easiest difficulty, mainly because I'm, I'm more in it for the story. And even though I do like the combat, I don't like how spongy some of the basic enemies are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally get a l- it. A little bit of bad news for you, Matt. I, 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 and even I ended up turning it down in Cold Steel 4. Oh. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see how long I make it. Five hours, ten hours. <laughs> May not be much then. The, the other frustrating thing is that, you know, it, it had been a while since I had played this. So uh, I always look up um, videos just to kind of refresh my memory. And it seemed like all the videos were either for two or four, but not three. <laughs> it, it's very, it's a very um, Empire Strikes Back of the series, even more so than the, the first one that ended on the cliffhanger. Well, this mm-hmm. is a setup game. You know, yeah. this is all about setting up Cold Steel 4. Yeah. So, I mean, that being said, I, I still enjoyed my time with it. And I, I liked, I, I think having kind of a new class seven and a new class definitely helped make it, make it fresh. You know, it being the third game in the series, um, to having that familiar gameplay, but having a mostly new cast with your old buddies kind of showing up on occasion. That, that I thought that was a good decision on their part. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was for this game. I'm not yeah. sure it worked out in the, the next game, <laughs> but that's yeah. a different backtrack. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably be doing that backtrack in a year or so. I don't know. We might take a break, <laughs> give Matt some time to get through for. Um, that being said, our next backtracks, a game that I was trying to push through um, to talk about on the show. It's actually going to be next week since we skipped a week. Uh, Persona 5 Strikers. But boy, you want to talk about uh, cutscenes going on too long. Hmm. Yeah, that, you know, I, I tried that one this summer too. I think I noped out after five hours. I think that'll be something I go back to one day, but yeah. <laughs> that, 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 I guess I tried next week, but I'm like, I'm, I'm intrigued now because I, w- I was like, it was still so much better than Persona 5 on that those areas. So <laughs> I, I agree with you in some areas and not so much in others, but yeah, that, that's something we'll just have to get into. It's next week. Um, next week? Yeah. Uh, so, so you get. You got two weeks without us, but now you got two weeks with us. So, and then we'll hopefully we'll get back to a normal schedule um, after this week, because um, we're winding down to the end of the year. It's the end of August. Where has the time gone? Don't know. My God, we've got eight more shows before our three hundredth episode. Eight, I'm sorry, nine. But I was looking ahead. Not a lot. Oh. Oh, th- th- thank you, Matt, um, for uh, b- being my partner in crime as always. And no thank problem. you, thank you, Josh. I'm glad, so glad you're feeling better. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, I was mostly coherent tonight. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been on the show much sicker. <laughs> as coherent as the Kaseki universe allows us to be. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, t- tune in next week for Persona Five Strikers, and we will see you then. Have a good rest of your week. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.